G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. An opportunity for you over this next hour to be part of our conversation. You might even like to interact with Lyle Shelton, who's going to be our guest over this next hour. We're going to talk through a whole bunch of issues, but importantly in all of this, to get something of an update as to where Lyle is at with the transition that he's made of recent times. We're going to talk about issues like Australian democracy and asking that question, is Australian democracy worth fighting for? Or is a she'll be right attitude good enough as a rising authoritarianism tries to silence the Christian voice? Well, as you know, we've been spending time discussing religious freedom and what that means to each and every Australian, with the religious freedom being reviewed by the expert panel led by Philip Ruddock. There is a lot of optimism, or should I say there's a lack of optimism, that this freedom can be maintained, that freedom as we know it. Now, along with the loss of religious freedom comes the loss of the freedom of political communication. It comes also with the loss of academic freedoms so that universities become closed to religious thought. So you might naturally assume that without the freedoms that we take for granted will come a new authoritarianism, even enforced by the courts. And with that, the demise of democracy. Now, is that too severe a commentary? You might like to be part of our conversation today. You'll recall that the champion of the marriage debate late last year, and for a number of years, in fact, was Lyle Shelton, warning that freedoms were being trampled upon. Now, in the wake of the loss of that natural and Christian definition of marriage in February this year, Lyle Shelton announced that he would move from the Australian Christian lobby to a career in politics and to seek election under the banner of the Australian Conservatives. Uh, Well, lots for you to contribute to. to. We'll open our talkback lines on 1-800-316-316. You might like to join in our conversation. But a special welcome to 2020 uh, to you, Lyle Shelton. Thanks very much, Neil. It's great to be here in person rather than on a phone in an airport lounge or in a park somewhere in the middle of a city. Yes. Isn't it funny to reflect on a lot of the conversations that we've had, and this is for years and years upon years now. I've forgotten how many years we've been having these updates and chats Too too many to remember, Neil. (laughs) But, uh, but, yeah, the rare opportunity to be sitting face-to-face. And, look, with your new transition, the move to the Australian Conservatives, uh, people might be wondering, well, I haven't heard from Lyle Shelton for a little while. Uh, What's he been doing? Has he had his feet up, sitting on a beach, (laughs) sipping on a cocktail, uh, relaxing. What have you been doing in this transition period? Well, I've uh, relocated my family to Brisbane, uh, Queensland, uh, my home state where I grew up. I grew up in Toowoomba, uh, not far from Brisbane. And uh, I've been settling into a new role with the Australian Conservatives, which is the political party that uh, Corey Bernardi founded uh, just over 12 months ago. I've been doing some communications and and, uh, speaking work uh, with them. But uh, I am uh, seeking uh, pre-seminary 
selection with the party uh, to be uh, their Senate candidate at the uh, coming uh, federal election, which is due sometime in the early part of 2019. At the beginning of this year, uh, with some of the controversies going on on the conservative side of politics, there were people who were predicting we might even be in for an early election. Uh, Is there any inside information that you might have with your own preparations that might indicate that we may be headed for an early trip to the polls? Well, the Canberra bubble is always uh, fascinating to to political junkies like you and I, Neil, but uh, look, I think that uh, Malcolm Turnbull and, uh, and the the government will try and go full term. They've, they've had a terrible time over the last little while. The, the same-sex marriage debate last year was considered by them a big distraction from their jobs and growth agenda. Uh, then there was the uh, tragedy over Barnaby Joyce's marriage breakdown and, and uh, the ongoing soap opera that that was at the start of this year. So they are looking for clear air to try and govern. They've got the uh, 30 news polls coming up. Uh, people might remember that Malcolm Turnbull said, 30 news polls lost was the reason for him moving against Tony Abbott in a leadership coup. So Malcolm Turnbull has now uh, got the boot on the other foot and he's facing 30 news polls next Monday. So there's a lot of distractions for them. They'll want to go full term to try and show the Australian people that they can govern for a period uh, and get all this behind them. Uh, Lyle Shelton, let me put you on the spot. Let me ask you the hard questions at the beginning of a conversation, and listeners might like to contribute. But uh, you jumped ship from the Australian Christian Lobby. Uh, You're now the Communications Director, Federal Communications Director for uh, the Corey Bernardi-led Australian Conservatives. Uh, People might be saying, is the Australian Conservative Party simply uh, another addition to... Uh, the Liberal National Coalition, are you going to be courageous enough to be a critic of all sides of politics here and putting a Conservative opinion? Where does the Australian Conservative Party sit with regard to uh, what's happening on both sides of politics? Yeah, no, fair fair question, Neil. And um you know, I noticed you use the words uh, "jump ship." Um, I, I might just clarify uh, that—that's you know the, the vernacular. I know you don't mean anything in that. I, I thought very long and hard, and, and prayed very long and hard uh, before making the decision to leave Australian Christian Lobby. Uh, that had been my life for for ten years, uh, and uh, almost five years as managing director. And uh, I didn't want to leave ACL unless there was. Um, someone who could take on the organisation that it would be in good hands and I, and I really believe that in Martin Isles the new managing director that it is in excellent hands Martin is an outstanding godly young man uh, with an incredible intellect and and probably knows more about religious freedom and, and how we should be tackling that than just about any other person in this country he's a lawyer by background so the team at ACL is in great hands I felt that uh, towards the end of uh, 2017, uh, in the aftermath of the marriage campaign, that for me, after 10 years at ACL, that um, I needed to get into the party partisan game. And uh, I'd liked what Corey Bernardi was doing. Um, I could see that uh, we had been let down by both sides of politics, by Labor, particularly, which has now adopted the green social policy, lock, stock and barrel, all the radical uh, gender ideology uh, aspects, anti-freedom of speech, anti-freedom of religion. That's all Labor policy now. Uh, and the coalition, uh, sadly, under the Liberals and the Nationals, is drifting the same way. 
And uh, I feel that um, what Corey Bernardi is doing in, in waving a flag for genuine uh, conservatism, uh, I think that aligned with my values and uh, that I needed to take the skills and the things that I'd learned and see if I could contribute to that as a political movement. Uh, politics is a contest for ideas, and sometimes you've got to get involved in the actual political fight, and that's where I felt drawn and called to. I like your terminology, genuine conservatism. Uh, because as you reflect on both sides of politics and perhaps the reason why Corey Bernardi jumped ship, there's another uh, use of that terminology, uh, was because he saw uh, the move to a centrism, a centrist-placed political party, in the words of Malcolm Turnbull, uh, he saw that there was a move to the left uh, on the Liberal and National Coalition side, and therefore there was room there for a voice which was an authentic, genuine, conservative voice. And authentic, genuine conservatism fits so well uh, with those foundational Christian ethics that we, as uh, Christians, talk about as a biblical foundation. And I know that's where you come from, and I, I think that's where the conserv- the Australian conservatives would like to go. How does that fit with uh, with what you think about where the, the Australian conservatives are at the present time? Well, certainly the political philosophy espoused by Cory Bernardi and the Australian conservatives very much fits with my view of, of politics. Now, I don't, I don't assume that all Christians are, are conservative or, or right wing, left wing. You know, they, these are terms that political junkies, again, like you and I use, they serve a purpose. But I know that uh, people don't always fit neatly in those boxes. But uh, I do believe that uh, we have shifted uh, dramatically uh, to the left. Um, That's taken us down a path where obviously we've seen marriage redefined. We've seen freedom of speech and freedom of religion now under enormous pressure. We're seeing gender uh, being, uh, radical gender ideology being imposed on us where now you can be in trouble for uh, for not going along with this idea that uh, you could be a boy or a girl and that you're not necessarily what your biology says. And if you don't believe that, you're a bigot and a homophobe and you could be, you know, uh, in trouble with the Human Rights Commission for, for saying otherwise. Um, we've seen a drift towards bigger government, uh, higher debt, three quarters of a trillion dollars worth of debt. And of course, we're now in the grip of an energy crisis in the most resource-rich country in the world. So uh, as a Christian, as a citizen of this nation, I'm deeply worried about the lost decade of politics that we've had, where we've had leadership coup after leadership coup on both sides of politics. Canberra is broken. There don't there doesn't seem to be any answers, and uh, I think that we've got to see a return to what what I believe are, are conservative values: uh, freedom of speech, freedom of religion, free enterprise, limited government, stable families, civil society groups like churches and clubs playing their role, not looking for the government to do everything. This is what has attracted me to uh, the Australian Conservatives. Because when you wear a non-partisan hat uh, and as a Christian leader, and I've described you as the most significant Christian voice over the past decade here in Australia. So listeners today are obviously excited about you being involved in a political role that you are. Uh, In your former role, you might have said you should, as a Christian, join all of the parties. Join the party that you are most attracted to, that you feel as though their values are right, and be a Christian in that party. 
influence the way that those policies might be formed in that party. Now you've got a, another hat on, which is a little bit partisan. Uh, what are your thoughts about people joining political parties? Because no doubt you'll be on a recruitment uh, you'll be looking for people to join the Australian Conservatives. And you'll also be looking for Christians to join political parties and get more political with their faith. What are your thoughts about uh, about how people ought to approach politics now that you're coming from a different and more partisan perspective? Mm. Well, well, I guess in, in many ways my views haven't changed uh, at all. I, I think Christians and, and all citizens all citizens should be involved in politics. Um, that is the way we sort out the contest of ideas. We don't take up arms. We don't fight each other. We we uh, have a battle uh, for ideas in the public discourse. And and I think if Christians feel uh, drawn to the Labor Party or, or the Liberal or the National Parties, they, they should get involved and have an influence for Christ in those parties. Obviously, I've made a decision about the, the political philosophy uh, that I think most aligns with my values and, and uh, my faith, and, and I'm not so saying that we're a Christian party. We, we, are, we are not. We're a broad-based party, although we are unashamedly uh, based on Judeo-Christian values, and we see that those values are what has shaped uh, Australia and Western civilization. We want to champion those values. So I guess that is a distinctive of our party. But I'd say to people, get involved. Um, and uh, if people feel drawn towards Australian conservatives, get involved with us. But I think the main thing is our nation is drifting badly. And uh, I think it, we've gone past the point where we can just sit by in apathy and have a nice life and expect that the country will run smoothly. Uh, we've had a broken and lost decade in politics. Uh, a lot of our problems in this nation uh, are due to the breakdown in our political culture and, and the failure of political leadership uh, to grapple with things like uh, freedom of speech, uh, family stability, free enterprise, big government, uh, energy, all these things that, that I've mentioned. And um, that that's why I've got in the fight, in, in you know, in, in the old days, if you, if you cast your mind back to uh, the American founding, you know, people took up arms to fight for the things that they they believed in. Now, I, I don't ever want to espouse that, but we, sometimes we actually got to take up a, a partisan approach um, instead of taking up arms. Get involved in the political fight, to use that metaphor, and that's what I feel that I need to do. Life, culture, and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. We're talking with Lyle Shelton today. He is the Australian Conservatives Federal Communications Director. And we've been talking about the transition that he has made as one of the most significant voices uh, as a Christian over this past decade. Uh, Lyle Shelton, let me keep you on the spot here with the Australian Conservatives <laughs> because I know listeners will be concerned uh, that when they reflect on the South Australian state election uh, of just recent times, and of course, there were Australian Conservatives candidates uh, that a candidate that ran in the Batman by-election in Melbourne. Uh, you didn't field candidates in Tasmania, but the there was not a great showing for the Australian Conservatives in South Australia. Uh, what sort of reflection do you have on on the way that perhaps South Australians perceived uh, the Australian Conservatives, given that Corey Bernardi is himself a South Australian? What we're finding, Neil, is that people don't follow politics as closely as as, as we would like them to. Um, we didn't do as well in South Australia as we would have liked. It was a disappointing result. We got about 3.5% of the statewide vote there, and our aim was to get 
uh, Robert Brokenshire, who had previously been with Family First. Um, people might or might not be aware that uh, Australian Conservatives and Family First merged last year, and uh, Robert became an Australian Conservative. Now, what we found in the South Australian election is people were looking for Family First how-to-vote cards. They hadn't joined the dots with the merger. Uh, they hadn't joined the dots necessarily between Corey and Australian Conservatives, so that they know about him. Uh, they they weren't quite aware of the new party's brand. So we've got some branding issues, um, and and there's some real problems and challenges that we have. There was also the Xenophon factor in South Australia, who, who as you, as you said, sucked a lot of the oxygen out of um out of the uh, election. There, three point five percent wasn't bad, but it just wasn't quite enough. Uh, we think, to get Robert uh, uh, re-elected. So, yeah, very disappointing for us. We've still got a lot of work to do, but we're committed to the long haul in this. You can have your say. You might have a question. You might have a comment. You can also respond on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash vision radio. Uh, there is an opportunity for you to uh, ha- have a question or a comment about our conversation today or 1-800-316-316. Our talkback line is open. Uh, let's take a call from Michael in Western Australia. Hello, Michael. Welcome along. Yeah, good morning. Listen, thank you for taking the call. Um, I just wanted to thank you personally, Neil, because you have some, you, you really do open the barrel on so many topics that, that freedom of speech should allow you to talk about, and it doesn't. And thank I'd you, like, Michael. I'd like, and, I, and I seriously mean that. You can tell by my voice I'm a linguistman. So we, unfortunately, my country of birth is about eight or nine years further down a bad road, yeah, on the stuff you were talking about this morning with uh, stuff going on in schools. We do lag um, a few years behind the UK and yeah, uh, and uh, nations I'd, I'd like love, Canada. I'd love to think, though, that, that you remain at least that far. Maybe we can even stop it, yeah. yeah. If, if did, you have, learn, did you have a thought for Lyle? I did. Listen, it is so fantastic to hear Christian people openly getting political, I am political, and I am a Christian. Um, I will be joining the Christi- Christian Conservatives um, because if he, Jesus, right, was a politician. He went in, he shook it up, he, 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 he produced a new party to vote for, yeah? Okay, don't vote for... It's, it's such not democracy, yeah? But you gave people something different to think, consider. And honestly, boys, I'll be joining you lot. And, and please, please, anybody out there who's even considered... Yeah, I've had that conversation where they've been called a bigot or ridiculous because they're a Christian. Now's the time, because if we don't do it now, the time will pass and our grandchildren will pay a debt. So let's have a fantastic day and God bless you both. Good thoughts, Michael. Michael. What are your thoughts for Michael, Lyle? Well, I obviously really appreciate that, Michael, and and, uh, agree that uh, all of us should get involved in in politics. Um, We have to... Uh, get involved. We can't stay out of um, our democracy, which is a participatory democracy. I'd just say that uh, Michael's observations about his home country, England, are, are spot on. Just this week, there was uh, a report in the Guardian newspaper over there about a woman who was concerned about, again, this gender ideology, which you'll hear me talking about. And uh, she criticised uh, on Twitter a woman who had her 12-year-old taken to Thailand to have a sex change operation. Now, this woman uh, criticised uh, the the woman for doing this to the child and saying that this had castrated the child, uh, which, of course, it had. Now, as a result of that, the woman who tweeted that uh, critical comment was questioned by the UK police. 
Now, no charges were laid, but um, this woman is very, very scared uh, because of a tweet where, yes, she pushed the edge a little bit, but she was she was truthful and, and was critical of this uh, gender-fluid theory, which is causing children now to be having irreversible surgery. Um, she ended up getting questioned by the police. Now, I'm very, very concerned about these sort of trends. That should never have happened. Thank you so much to Michael from WA. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. Let's take a call from Chris in Victoria. Hello, Chris. Welcome along. Uh, good day, Neil. Good day, Lyle. Yeah, I mean, yeah, people are getting in trouble for speaking out, but you know, we can't leave it to our politicians like Lyle to do that. But every Christian, you know, these matters, like I said before many times, they affect children. And when they cause children to stumble, we can pray for God put millstones around the neck of all these people causing this. Uh, we don't have to get in trouble for that. We can just pray in our, on our knees and ask God to do that because, um, you know, I just think, um, I mean, I've been praying this and I, I see with Daniel Andrews, with, you know, when this polit- you know, um, political corruption thing happened, I think that's a millstone around his neck. And I read, you know, reading in the paper yesterday, Daniel Andrews is so far on the nose in Victoria, people are just... You know, lambasting him for everything. So, you know, just keep praying that God will put millstone around, around the neck of all these politicians that are doing this evil things. Chris, uh, good thoughts. A response from Lyle. Look, there's uh, real problems uh, right across the nation, but particularly in Victoria where Daniel Andrews is, is making the so-called safe schools gender-fluid ideology compulsory. Uh, so, yeah, it's 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 a real concern. Now, I, I don't want to see literal millstones around anyone's neck, uh, but I, I think what the Scripture is telling us there is it's very serious when you uh, deceive children, when you, when you give them false information that can hurt them, and and that's what gender-fluid ideology uh, is doing. So, um, yeah, we, we have to be vigilant, and I, I'm concerned and I'm motivated to be in politics uh, because I've seen good politicians silent about this issue for too long, and when, when I was at Australian Christian Lobby and, and I know other groups like Family Voice and, and Australian Family Association, we were pushing this. It was very hard to get politicians to speak up. And um, that's why I want to get into the game, because I'm sick of the silence that we've seen uh, from good people who are afraid of political correctness. Thank you so much to Chris from Victoria. Our talkback line remains open 1-800-316-316. Uh, just a couple of minutes out from the news, uh, Lyle, we started talking in the introduction for our conversation today about democracy and we have democracy at present uh, but we might see it uh, slipping through our fingers a little bit like sand uh, because of these issues of freedom Uh, if we don't have freedom uh, we have a rising authoritarianism a rising authoritarianism means a demise for democracy what are your concerns and we might be able to follow through after the news Whenever you've got uh, elites using what we now call political correctness to control people's thoughts and speech, the way they can talk about things, uh, that is that is a form of oppression and totalitarianism. And uh, this comes from uh, cultural Marxism and identity politics. Now, I think what the Marxists have realised is that uh, gulags and um, and army tanks and, and shooting people you know, didn't go down well with the, uh, the tens of millions of people who lived under the Iron Curtain but nonetheless their ideology and their totalitarian impulses continue and now they're using human rights commissions uh, to try and silence people and uh, we need to stand 
against this uh, because uh, there's this creeping um, restriction of speech in our nation, which which we need to to really resist. And um, you know, the same-sex marriage debate is, was just the beginning of that. We've lost some precious freedoms as a result of that about what we can and can't say about marriage, what can be taught and what can't be taught in in Christian and Muslim schools. Uh, we have to fight to get these freedoms back. And uh, I'm very very concerned about it. I never thought our nation would be in this position. Some people will say uh, it's a long stretch of the bow to talk about uh, gulags and tanks. And I know that's that's not what you're saying, but what you're talking about is something a whole lot more subtle and something that is quite deceptive and something that here is very pervasive when you start to control the way people think. Well, well, the communists who I'm referring to, who, who killed you know tens and hundreds of millions of people in the 20th century, they, they, their ideology uh, based on Marxism was the bloodiest ideology ever seen. Uh, they used force to control people. Um, we're, we um, thankfully are not seeing uh, today's uh, neo-Marxist using you know hard force, but nonetheless they are wanting to use human rights commissions and the law uh, to try and control us. And I think we've got to resist that uh, where, wherever it, it occurs. Uh, let's take uh, another call before we move on in our conversation. Rabinia is in Bunbury in WA. Hello, Rabinia. Welcome along. 316 Lyle. Uh, let's take a... Uh, Rabinia, you might need to turn your radio down in the background. What are your thoughts for Lyle Shelton? Good morning. Um, Rabinia, what are your thoughts? Good to hear you. Uh, hang on, can I turn the wireless off, please? Yes, that's a good idea. We'll wait just a moment. It's always good to do that. There is a 10-second delay. I'm terribly s- sorry. That's I've okay. been wa- waiting on the line and trying to hear you at the same time. Thank you for waiting We've so patiently. We've been a prayer meeting each Friday for, for the freedom, and I, I got it from, from the Liberals, that the five members on the panel... What I'm asking is, what are the prayer points that we should be praying for? Okay, there's a... The Convention is coming up in Perth. It's at Camp Wattle Grove. And quite a number of people go there and they have a lot of little stands. We did have Family Voice there and that's where I got got involved, interested in Family Voice because I didn't know anything about it before. Okay. Well, what you're really asking here, Rabinia, is how do you pray for the freedoms in Australia, given what is happening with the Freedom Review that's on and the likelihood that there's not going to be an optimistic outcome there? Uh, Lyle Shelton, what are your thoughts for Rabinia? Yeah, well, thanks, Rabinia, for for praying. Uh, This is really, really important. Um, I, I think we need to pray that hearts will be softened and that our politicians will see the importance of allowing freedom of speech when it comes to to marriage. We we lost that when the marriage legislation went through last year. A number of amendments were put to the parliament. They were voted down, even by members of the Liberal and National parties. And so we want to see those freedoms restored so that no one has any fear about speaking out loud that they believe that marriage is between a man and a woman, that they won't be taken off to a a human rights commission uh, as a bigot or or a homophobe or some other terrible slur uh, that's cast upon them. We want Christian schools to be free to teach children that marriage is between a man and a woman and that gender uh, is as uh, people were were born biologically, uh, male and female. So the freedom to talk about those things openly uh, has been lost in this nation and uh, this Ruddock review that Neil's been talking about is, is 
looking at at this, but unless there's political will to legislate uh, to protect uh, that freedom, uh, we're in a lot of trouble. Rabinia from Bunbury, thank you so much for your call. And it is good to reinforce uh, this idea of how you pray, because as you say, Lyle Shelton, the prayer for political will to maintain freedoms is a key here. That's it. Yep. And uh, at the moment, uh, our Christianity has largely been sidelined. People have been trying to silence the debate. But if we're talking about freedom, our Christianity actually is important as an ingredient or an element of how those freedoms are in fact maintained. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on why it is that's important uh, that Christianity is a part of uh, maintaining these freedoms? Yeah, I think this goes right back to the very basics of, of how we came to even have a, a democratic and a free society. And, and it's good to reflect on this, particularly with where we are today, where these freedoms are under pressure. When America was founded uh, over 200 years ago, uh, people like George Washington and Thomas Jefferson, who will be names that are familiar to us from history, they they said things like this, and, I, and I'll just quote this from Jefferson. Um, he said, can the liberties of a nation be thought secure when we have removed their only firm basis, a convictions in the minds of the people that these liberties are the gift of God? Now, this is, this is Thomas Jefferson, who was one of the, the founders uh, of the United States, one of the drafters of the U.S. Declaration of Independence. And, and there's even a better quote from one of his contemporaries, John Adams, who was the first vice president and, and the second president. He said, our constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. So, so the reason for sharing these quotes, Neil, is that to, to show people that the American founders and not all of them were Christian, although most were, they knew that the only way for a free society to exist was for there to be virtue in the population and that that virtue came from faith, which, of course, in those days was was Christian faith. And I think we forget this, that it doesn't matter how many laws a government creates, you, you can't make a society free through the heavy hand of the law. But a society can be free if people know how to govern themselves because they have virtue, and of course virtue doesn't come in a vacuum, it comes from a religious or I would say a Christian ethic. And I think that's what we're missing as, an, as a nation. We've gone away from our Christian ethic, therefore we don't even know how to govern ourselves, we don't know how to be virtuous, uh, and therefore we're, we're wondering why our freedoms are, are being eroded so rapidly. And of course in our own Australian constitution, if we're reflecting back on Australian history and federation uh, the inference that is so strong that uh, our own constitution is framed in relation to the Christianity of the day, uh, which was very, very strong. In fact, almost every Australian was not only Christian but went along to church in those days. And yes, there was some opposition to some of the things that were being talked about in relation to the formation of our constitution, but by and large, it is a Christian document. Well, well, like America, um, Australians, Australia's founding um, was uh, democratic, and we drew from the American founding. That's why I think it's important to to um, look at those quotes from the likes of Jefferson and Adams, and, and there were many others as well, uh, because 
Australia um, copied uh, so much of what was good about the US founding in, in terms of having a, a free and open society. We we also copied their idea of separation of church and state. Now, that didn't never meant keep Christians out of politics. What it meant is that the church doesn't run the government and that everyone's free to pursue their religion uh, free from government interference. Now, we've gone a long way from that. Um, but I, I think it's important for us to realise that. And, and, of course, at our founding, there was um, public pressure to include reference to God in the pre- preamble of the Constitution. We have the words humbly relying on the blessing of Almighty God. So there was something right at the start of the American founding and the Australian founding, which was precious, which um, which recognized the importance of Christianity and its contribution. And uh, I would submit that you can't have a free society unless you have a virtuous society. And uh, that virtue will come from uh, a religion which uh, has, has goodness and, and allows people to flourish. And of course, as a Christian, I believe Christianity is best placed to do that. And if we can recover those Christian values and virtues, I think that'll go a long way towards uh, restoring our nation. And we may have to fight for this freedom that we're talking about. And it doesn't get lost on me that it actually is a significant anniversary today. And uh, today, the 50th anniversary of Martin Luther King Jr., his death, assassinated at the age of just 39 years. And uh, I know it's a surprise to all of us when we hear that when he began to lead uh, that civil rights uh, movement in the US, he was only 26 years of age. And the capacity that he had to lead that movement uh, and to, in fact, bring about all of the seeds and uh, making the nation ready for change was because they had this freedom, uh, this Christian foundation that said, basically, you know, men and women created in the image and likeness of God, all of those things taken for granted in a Christian constitution uh, in the United States. This is the sort of foundation that allows change to happen and that allows us to fight for freedoms, Lyle Shelton. Absolutely. I mean, Martin Luther King Jr. is one of the most inspirational figures of history, and and you're right. He, He drew... Uh, from his knowledge of, of Christianity and the idea that uh, men and women were created equal, that that people uh, had dignity in the eyes of God regardless of their skin colour. And uh, that challenged uh, Americans who, who considered themselves Christians uh, but somehow had rationalised in their minds that they could treat black people differently. And uh, he pricked the consciences of a nation, And uh, but he had to fight for it. He had to he had to work hard. He, he even led people in civil disobedience. Um, there's the, the famous march on, on the bridge at Selma, if people have seen the movie. Um, now, I hope we don't ever have to come to civil disobedience, but we have to fight for the truth about the human condition today, not about whether black or white people should be treated the same, but we have to fight for the truth about whether male and femaleness is a thing anymore and, and whether children can be taught a lie about their gender. Now, we must fight for these things. We have to fight for the dignity of uh, the unborn and human rights for the unborn. Um, these are things which our society uh, has discarded and um, they need advocates. And that's what Martin Luther King was. He was an advocate for his cause. He spoke fearlessly. Uh, his people were beaten. Uh, as a result of it, they were persecuted. Uh, we need advocates who are going to speak up for the injustices that we see in our society to, uh, that that are perpetrated on the most vulnerable. And not lost on me either that when we talk about Martin Luther King Jr., we need to identify one very important aspect which sometimes gets neglected. Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. Here was a Christian man, a minister of the gospel, who recognized 
even in himself a calling to respond to the needs of his people uh, because they were not experiencing the freedoms that were, uh, you know, the inalienable rights uh, that get talked about. Uh, So this idea of him being the Reverend Martin Luther King Jr., this is something significant too, and I'll get your perspective here, Lyle Shelton, that because he was a Christian minister of the gospel, here he found himself in a political challenge, and that's something we need to see more of these days. Absolutely, Uh, and this is where I think you know, Christianity should interact with politics uh, in calling out injustice. Um, Martin Luther King was uh, a reverend. Uh, I think, though, um, in in the interests of full disclosure, you know, and history records this, that um, he, he wasn't a man who was faithful to his wife, so he, he didn't live up to uh, some really important Christian uh, standards and convictions, and, and I'm really sad about that. There's uh, the, the FBI actually tape-recorded his many affairs and sent the tapes uh, to to his wife um, to try and damage him. Um, and uh, and that that's a really sad part of of, of his of his life. Character, I, I believe, does matter. Nonetheless, in spite of uh, those very very deep flaws, um, he was able to uh, still appropriate those incredible Christian principles and be a voice for them. So, look, no one is perfect, but um, I think it is important we realise this man, whilst uh, a great orator and a great leader and someone who drew from uh, the the principles of the Bible, uh, didn't always live up to those standards. Visions 2020 with Neil Johnson. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. An opportunity today to get an update on what's happening with Lyle Shelton. He is, these days, the Australian Conservatives Federal Communications Director, having made that transition uh, from leading the Australian Christian Lobby now into a political role and expectant that he will be uh, one of those who will be a candidate for the Australian Conservatives in an upcoming federal election. Uh, let's conscious of our shortage of time here, Lars Shelton. But when we talk about the economic issues that you're going to be needing to confront, uh, sometimes uh, in our conversations over the years, mostly on the social issues, the challenges that we face as a nation, uh, moving into this political realm, you're going to be needing to be across economic issues as well. Uh, what are the biggest economic issues that you're working on uh, so far as the nation goes today? Yeah, well, look, I'm an economic and a social conservative, but the two biggest economic issues um, which I think we face a crisis in in this nation is uh, to do with energy and to do with debt. Um, and, and the energy debate is, is raging at the moment. Um, we can't seem to uh, find a way forward to ensure that when uh, coal-fired power stations um, close down, as they have in Victoria and, and as Liddell Power Station in the Hunter Valley is slated to do, um, how are we going to replace that generating capacity? Um, I've been very alarmed about this for some time. I did not know that our climate change policies meant closing down coal-fired generation without having a proper plan to replace baseload power. And this is why the government is in such a mess at the moment, scrambling uh, to try and find a, a solution to this, but but not quite having the, uh, the the courage to say, well, we need more coal-fired power stations. They're, they're building, you know, 40 of these in, in China and Japan at the moment as we speak. And yet in Australia, with uh, hundreds and hundreds of years of supply of coal, uh, we can't even build 
high emission, uh, l- uh, sorry, high energy, low emission uh, power station, the new technology that that uh, reduces carbon emissions. We can't even uh, get one of these on the drawing board to replace the generating capacity we're about to lose. And uh, politics is one of those games that get played, and it's a serious game, of course, but it is a game. And of course, there's what is called now the Monash Forum, uh, which appears to undermine uh, the Turnbull government's uh, energy policy. And there's all sorts of criticisms around that. Uh, Is there something that's emerging with this Monash Forum within the conservative side of politics, which has a deeper political uh, meaning here, Lyle Shelton? Have Have you looked into all of that? Look, I've been following the debate closely. Um, I don't want to get involved in the internal machinations of, of the Liberal Party. There may or may not be leadership issues tied up and all that, but I think the concern is right, and that is that we need to uh, see coal-fired power stations being built to replace the generating capacity. You can't just shut down massive coal-fired power stations in the Latrobe Valley in Victoria uh, and and in the Hunter Valley uh, and and keep the lights on. And uh, this is, you know, solar and wind and, and, you know, renewable technology is fantastic, but it's not at the point uh, where it can replace baseload power. And I, and it won't be at that point anytime soon. And so I think uh, we do need to have a debate about how uh, we are able to get the next coal-fired power stations up and running. Uh, our preference at Australian Conservatives is that we get the government out of it and, and that we provide uh, the contractual certainty and the operating environment certainty, the regulatory framework uh, to allow private enterprise to come and, and do what they do best, and, and that is uh, produce uh, what's needed for the market. The big challenge for you, Lyle Shelton, is going to be how you, in fact, cut through and get airtime in the media. Uh, because while the reporting will happen largely around what the major parties are talking, and if you're talking energy policy or any other policy economically, uh, you're going to have trouble cutting through. Uh, people are going to need to look more deeply at how the policies for the Australian Conservatives go, but clearly, in order to really get traction with the next el- federal election, you're going to need to have some airtime, and so therefore you might need to be out on a limb, saying con- controversial things even to, to actually attract some headlines uh, that's a big challenge for you ahead isn't it well well it is um, I don't want to say things just for the sake of getting media attention uh, much of what uh, I've stood for all of my life as I've been fighting for conservative social values for the last 10 years has been controversial nonetheless and does attract media attention some of the things that we're saying as a party on the economic front whether it's about energy or, or trying to bring down our three quarters of a trillion dollars or heading towards three quarters of a trillion dollars worth of debt these things are controversial but um, anyone who is a candidate uh, or seeking political office has this trouble and um, it's just a case of, of working hard we have social media these days we have Facebook uh, Twitter and the like, and uh, we'll be using every channel we can uh, to get our message out over the next um, six to 12 months. No doubt, Lyle Shelton, uh, with the merger of Family First and the Australian Conservatives, there is a tremendous base that has come in there to support the Australian Conservatives. Uh, No doubt you'll be looking to increase that base. Uh, What is your encouragement to people who are feeling as though perhaps they ought to be doing something politically and uh, looking for an outlet and uh, just giving you this opportunity here to say to people uh, how they can support Australian Conservatives in the times to come. Uh, What's your encouragement to listeners? 
Look, my, my encouragement to people, if, if they resonate with the things that, that I've been saying here, um, that they might want to consider joining Australian Conservative, being part of this political movement, I, I really believe we need a political movement to affect the change that's needed in this nation. And that, that of course, needs a, a, a vast grassroots army, both here in Queensland, but right across the nation. So people can go to our, our website, our Facebook page. Uh, they can uh, have, have a look at the sort of policies that we're putting forward. Um, I, as a, as someone who's a Christian, obviously I want to appeal to to Christian voters, but I don't presume or assume that all Christians see things from my political perspective. But if there, there are people who are concerned about freedom of religion, about gender, about freedom of speech, uh, about uh, good economic stewardship of our nation, uh, then uh, they might want to consider having a look at um, what Australian Conservatives has to offer. Listeners will know that you moved from Canberra to Queensland, uh, but of course Australian Conservatives right around Australia, and you'll be looking to form some solid core uh, constituencies in all of the states and territories around Australia. And uh, if people go to the website, uh, are they able to link with those particular groups? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Conservatives.org.au is our website. We have divisions in each state, and uh, people can um, can get involved there. You can have a look at our policies. You can decide whether or not that uh, aligns with your views as a Christian. But uh, I would just encourage people to, to get involved. Um, we, we can't sit back apathetically anymore. We are uh, the victims of silence uh, when good people have stayed out of political fights for far too long. Uh, we're in a new era in our nation where good people need to get involved and uh, that's why I've got involved and I'd encourage others to do the same. We have run out of time. Lyle Shelton, the Australian Conservatives Federal Communications Director, that website one more time, conservatives.org.au Thanks to those who called in through the hour Thanks to those who have made Facebook comments. We haven't been able to uh, talk some more about those but uh, thanks for everyone who's participated Lyle Shelton, thanks for being with us today on 2020. It's been a real pleasure Neil, thank you so much. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.